What you're about to hear, you may have heard before if you listen to the last episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. But if you don't listen to Bad Crypto and you just listen to the Nifty Show, we're going to do something new right now. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Nifty News. What's going on in the world of NFTs? And we're going to talk a little bit about some news, but we're also going to talk about our experience over these last three and a half years since we've been introduced to NFTs. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and me, the ugly. <laughs> You're not that ugly. Well, it depends. I'm doing but, okay. But you are that bad. And this is really the kickoff bad. for a second episode of The Nifty Show, which we intend to do each week on Tuesdays. That is called the Nifty News because, you know, our Friday show is all interviews and there's so much to talk about in this space and and we don't want to overwhelm the bad crypto audience with it because there's a lot in blockchain and cryptocurrency to talk about. So this bad crypto episode is our first Nifty News and we hope you like it. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Travis and Joel are the hosts you'll know. Travis and Joel say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the Nifty, really kind of spiffy, the Nifty Show. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and by now you are either serious or curious about non fungible tokens, otherwise known as NFTs, otherwise known as digital collectibles, otherwise known as really cool stuff. And I am Joel Com, and that is Trav FT. Yeah. NFT Ravis. <laughs> NFT Ravis, that's even better. Yeah, there's no good letters in my name. I, I could be a, a digital collectible. Yeah, it just doesn't work at all. It, does, it doesn't work at all with that, but uh, I am NFT Ravis, and I think that's probably my new name until STO Ravis comes around. It, we decided that it was time to dedicate an entire show to talking about NFTs. I mean, everybody else is talking about it. We've been talking about them since CryptoKitties back in 2017, but there's just there's a lot happening in the space that's super awesome. There's a lot happening in the space that's mediocre. And then there's some stuff happening in the space, which is truly ugly and needs to be discussed uh, head on. And we're going to do that today. So we are going to celebrate NFTs and we are going to rant about NFTs. Grr, we have words that we're going to say, and we're glad you guys are here for it. Yeah, Joel was like, oh man, words and words and things and stuffs and grumps and things and rants. And we have all of those today for you folks. And uh we got a show. So normally on the Sunday show like this, this is typically an interview. But what we wanted to do is really kind of do a deep dive into NFTs, talk about them. And as Joel mentioned, good, bad, the ugly. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff is really cool. There's some really shady, shisty stuff going on too that's that's probably going to be part of a bubble. And um, what we might do on this episode, depending on how it turns out, is this is probably a bad crypto pot. Well, it's definitely a bad crypto episode and it's probably a nifty episode as well so this might go out to dual channels we're going to double time you get two for the price of our our time once we should probably make an nft out of this one we could probably make an nft out of this but first 
let's give a shout out to somebody who's really leading in the way in NFTs and doing it right. Our friends at Animoca Brands, if you haven't heard of F1 Delta Time by now, these guys are killing it. This is a new paradigm for digital ownership and for gaming. By using blockchain, you can get official Formula One NFTs. These collectible tokens allow players to participate in a play-to-earn gaming ecosystem. You get rewarded for your skills with real value. You own these assets. You could trade them. You could sell them. You could use them to play the game. It's true empowerment for those who participate. You can check it out at f1deltatime.com. And I think whether you're a racing fan or an NFT fan, uh, you're going to enjoy this. That project right there just really blew up. I mean, you know, F1 racing in America, not that big of a deal, barely a blip for most Americans. But when you're talking European and racing, uh, you know, even I think in, in South America, it's just a huge sort of thing. And, um, you know, it, what's so interesting is you see these these Formula One racing cars driving through old school cities like turned into racetracks. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, I'm just surprised, frankly, that uh, a lot of these cities allow these things to happen through their streets and stuff. It just seems bizarre to me, but it's a, it's it's very it's got to be amazing to see in real life, sitting there watching these cars drive by. All mm. yeah, right? Doppler up in your face. Mm-hmm. Speaking Coming of in your face. The street with those cars coming by at 200 some odd miles and kilometers per hour or whatever. We got a lot of NFT news in your face and views. So let's get to it. I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with news and use that isn't Jews. Like reviews, <laughs> screws. By the way, I can say that because I'm a Jew. You're not. You're not really a Jew. You're just Jewish. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's really good, Sir Lord Travis. Oh, I, I go. I actually, you're in Ukraine right now. Is where my ancestors come from. My great grandmother Ida Kitts was from ah. Ukraine. And her, all we know about ancestry was her father was uh, Joe Katz, and he was cabinet maker. And his father, Jack Joe Katz, also cabinet maker, family business. Today, speaking of cats. Not cat, you know, not cabinet maker, cabinet. Yeah. Cabinet, but you said his name was Katz. Yes, Katz. Yeah, Katz. speaking Katz. of cats, cats is what kind of started this whole NFT craze anyways, right? Meow. With, with these crypto kitties and the cuteness didn't crypto punks come out first though like there were nfts before crypto kitties but mm -hmm. crypto kitties uh was the first that got any media attention from this whole thing yeah actually we have verified evidence that we knew about nfts early on episode number 59 of the bad crypto podcast which is actually look listening back to it is pretty hilarious because we were cracking so much jokes because we thought it was so so silly and on the front of it there are the picture of bad crypto joel and bad crypto travis both of which are still on the blockchain but one of which travis can no longer access and uh that was the beginning of the nft craziness from our perspective however i believe it wasn't crypto as you mentioned maybe crypto punks was a little earlier 
CryptoPunks predates that. CryptoPunks, if you go to larvalabs.com forward slash CryptoPunks, it looks like they came out around, I want to say June of 2017. And they were given away. There was 10,000 procedurally generated collectible characters, none of them quite like the others, kind of, you know, basically these pixel heads, right, with mm -hmm. different hair, facial hair, hats, and um, different backgrounds. And now these things, the average sale price of one CryptoPunk over the last 12 months is $26,700. And the total value of all sales over the lifetime of CryptoPunks, 202.2 million. <laughs> wow. And you know, that actually predates bad crypto. So we wouldn't have heard about CryptoPunks because we hadn't fully dove in to the cryptos yet. And what is interesting is that they had, they had the different backgrounds. They had punks with blue backgrounds, punks with red backgrounds, and then punks with purple backgrounds. And uh, very, very interesting how this all, how that's all set up. And you can see that um, that was the beginning of the sort of the ERC 721. And, you know, the non-fungible token, there might've been something even predating that. I'm not sure, but I think we, heard, we first heard about it in December of 2017 is when, when, when NFTs really smacked us across the face and we said, wait a second, we can take this crypto kitty and have digital baby sex with this other one here and now they're gonna have a baby and now they have their own, they call it siring though, is that you're gonna sire your NFT and they popped out a baby kitten and so basically this NFT plus this NFT equals a new baby NFT. And that's really what blew my mind was like, wait a second, this card and that card can create a new card. Like, wow, that's really interesting. And some crypto kitties have gone for a whole bunch. Now I don't want to lose anybody who's diving down the NFT rabbit hole for the first time. So I think maybe a quick refresher on what an NFT, a non fungible token is and I, I like the way that travis explains this so travis what is a what's something that we could compare to a fungible token well sort of a fungible token is, is like a dollar bill mm -hmm. right so if i hand you a five dollar bill and you hand me a five dollar bill doesn't matter what the serial number is on that five dollar bill it's a five dollar bill right if you can send me a hundred dollar bill and, and i give you a five dollar bill that's way better for me but it's <laughs> they're still fungible yeah, um, you're, you're never going to say to somebody, um, give, hand me $5, and they open their wallet, and they go, which one? Yeah. <laughs> which one do you want? Uh, it doesn't matter. They're all $5 bills. Mm -hmm. Same as Bitcoin. If I, if I can send Joel one Bitcoin, and he sends me back one Bitcoin, doesn't matter. It's a Bitcoin. Same with Ethereum, right? I sent you one Ethereum, you send me an Ethereum. But as, as what started in, in 2017 with the, the crypto punks and then with crypto kitties was the entrance of this new thing called a non-fungible token. And a non-fungible token, well, it's really sort of like a concert ticket, right? So Joel's got this front row concert ticket. I got this nosebleed concert ticket. And it's, it's only for a certain date. It's only at a certain arena. It's only for a certain musical act or sporting event right and so they are not necessarily interchangeable they might be similar but 
if I have a concert ticket for the next day, it's not, it's not going to let me in this concert right here. It's not the same. And so they are not interchangeable. Fungible tokens are interchangeable. Non-fungible tokens are unique, can have their own value, can have a lot of different variables connected to that NFT. And what this means in the collectible world is, you know, if you've ever purchased baseball cards or Star Wars cards or Garbage Pail Kids, any physical set of cards, you buy a pack of cards, you open them up and you get cards inside. But you have no idea um, how many of any given card was manufactured. You have to go dig and find that data if the manufacturer has indeed released it. And for the most part, unless you get something super rare in that set, they're not numbered. Every atom bomb from a Garbage Pail Series 1 set is the same as every other atom bomb, except that some of them now over time are worn, they have water damage, they might you know, have gotten torn a little bit or creased or the edges are rough. And so in the collector's world, they grade items everywhere from you know, ultra crappy to mint uh, and everything in between to decide what the value of it is. With something digital, you don't have to worry about fire damage, water damage, creasing, your mom throwing them away when you're out at school. It, and none of these things, the only way that you could damage your NFTs, and even this doesn't damage them because they live pristinely on blockchain, is if you lose the keys to your wallet, like if you lose your crypto kitty. If you're a bad crypto dad like Travis's, then the crypto kitty is out there on his own. Fortunately, they don't starve to death. Otherwise, we'd really heap the guilt on. Uh, as it is, he's already experiencing shame. Well, what happened for me was that I, it was the first time that I'd ever set up my MetaMask. I set it up exclusively to get, these, to get a crypto kitty. And, and like I got a crypto kitty and just like the next day or two days later, my computer completely crashed. A hard drive crashed on it. And I had to go to the Mac store and get myself a new Mac. And um, luckily, though, the price of crypto was high. And so I was able to get a MacBook pretty cheap because Bitcoin was on the rise in 2017. Thank you, MacBook. But I lost some very, very low mint. I mean, we're talking sub 50,000 mints of these uh, crypto kitties. And when you're talking about NFTs, when they were minted or when they were created, is a very important indication of potential price of this thing. And so a lot of folks early on didn't really pay attention to that. But what we did notice was when uh, when Tops released their Garbage Pail Kids Series 1 on Wax back in May, uh, those low mints really became important to people. And you could start to see that if your card was minted before these other cards were, then your, your card is perceived to have greater value. And if you had the number one mint of something, well then that's probably the most valuable card of that particular variety. This is not really new to collecting though. You know, I bought a piece of art a few years ago that I had on my wall in my Denver apartment and it was a print that there was 250 of these lithographs and they were numbered, right? At, you know, it was number three or something out of it and it's signed by the artist. So, you know, with something like that, when you buy a piece of art or you buy a collectible that is numbered, usually it comes with something called a certificate of authenticity that says, hey, this is the real deal. This is not a forgery. And um, you have the proof of it. With blockchain, blockchain is your certificate of authenticity. The very fact that you hold it in your wallet is proof 
that it is real. If it comes from a verified collection and it's in your wallet, guess what? It's yours. You own it. You can keep it. You can not look at it. You can look at it. You can sell it. You can trade it. And the moment it leaves your wallet and goes to another wallet, ownership is fully transferred without a middleman or a woman or Zer. <laughs> That's true. And, and actually, you know, if you want to dive in and, and hear a little bit more about what are NFTs, I was actually on the news in Kansas City uh, this past week uh, talking about NFTs. And I go over some intricacies of that, maybe even further detail than what we're going to cover right now. But Patrick Mahomes, who's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, was launching his own NFT series called the Museum of Mahomes. And the news outlet, apparently they ask who in Kansas City knew about it. And I had at least three people recommend that, uh, that they talk to me, <laughs> which is funny. And, and so they say, local guru explains the craze over NFTs. Well, I am not a guru. Uh, I do not chant. I do not know any mandalas and uh, mantras, but uh, uh, we do like to talk about the NFTs. And so there's a 15 minute video of me talking about NFTs. That is the very first link on this particular news article. So if you go to badco.im forward slash 497, you can uh, click on that link there. It goes to Kansas City Fox 4 News. And uh, you can listen to and see, actually see me talk to the news guys about NFTs. Saying words and being brilliant and all of that. And of course, you know, the, the Mahomes launch is definitely in the spotlight right now for a number of reasons. And part of this is going to go to the rant that I have. Not because I don't like Patrick Mahomes, not because I don't like the Kansas City Chiefs although they did get clobbered and I know I'm getting glares from our producer right now because she's still hurting from that defeat. Well, that was mostly because of the offensive line was pathetic because yeah. our left tackle got destroyed and, and tore his ACL in the, in, in the AFC championship game. And so our offensive line was crazy, but that's another story. That's another rant. And so I'm not going to get into the rant right now, but I do want to talk about this set of NFTs that were sold. Uh, it was basically, it was called what, the Museum of Mahomes, is that right? Mm -hmm. The Museum of Mahomes, yeah, and um, the link to that particular thing was uh, makersplace.com forward slash Mahomes, I believe. This came hot on the heels of Rob Gronkowski's NFT sale, and these cards were not particularly compelling at all, but they sold $2 million worth of NFTs in the Gronk sale. $2 million of these. I, I, it's hard to not get into the rant yet, but I, I'm not going to do it yet. I'm just going to leave it at that. So what was the follow-up that Mahomes did? So Mahomes launched a series of, um, of collectibles. Uh, as we mentioned, it's actually makersplace.com forward slash Patrick Mahomes. And he had several different varieties. He had the lowest price one was his Showtime piece. It sold 256 pieces at $2,500 a piece. Next up is he had his um, Super Bowl 54 champion piece. There was 91 of those sold. Those sold for $5,000. There was a 2018 MVP piece, which sold 56 of those for $7,500. Then he had one piece that was a, uh, an edition of 53 that sold, it was $10,000. They sold 53 of those. 
They had 50. They sold out of the Hail Mary piece. That sold for 15 grand. He had the crown. That was an addition of 15, uh, 50. Excuse me. That sold for 15 grand. And then he had a, a special one of one called Mahomes Magic. And this right here was an auctioned piece. And basically, it's funny when you look at the when you look at the bids. The very first bid was probably by by an everyday Joe. His name was Mike, and Mike bid twenty five dollars. But then Cindy <laughs> Az bid fifteen hundred dollars, and Mike was sad. And then the and then race Randy was said, on. "Ha ha, Cindy, fifteen hundred. Boom! Here's ten thousand. But then John Smith said, "Ha ha ha! Here's seventy five thousand dollars. So that thing went in four bids from twenty five dollars to seventy five thousand dollars. And how many everyday Joes do you think out there have $75,000 to drop on an NFT? Well, then Bandy came in and said, nope, boom, 82,000. And it stayed like that for two days. And then right when the thing started ending, here it is, more and more people, the whales of Ethereum started coming in, 46 ETH, 50 ETH, 55 ETH, 62 ETH, 69 ETH, 80 ETH, 89 ETH, 100 ETH, 111 ETH, 122 ETH, 135 ETH, and then 135.69 ETH, 246,688 dollars. The one of one Patrick Mahomes magic uh, was sold. And so All told, 451 NFTs were purchased, and it grossed about two million dollars. Now, just without getting into about the two, rent- about 2.5 million. Okay, without getting into the rant portion yet, the if you look at the NFTs themselves of Mahomes versus Gronk, it's like preschool versus, you know, Rembrandt. The Mahomes NFTs are beautiful. They're, they're really They're spectacular. They have, they have this nice subtle movement to them. You know, they're very classy. They're in a frame. Each one of them have their own frame. And there was a company by the name of Impossible Brief, which is a creative agency out of London. And uh, they're the ones that worked on this with Mahomes. And I was a little disappointed in that because Kansas City is actually, um, we have so many creative ad agencies in Kansas City, uh, second only to Madison Avenue in America for the most part. There's just so many big agencies in Kansas City. It's it's really interesting to, to, to see that. But he went to one in London, which to me was kind of a little bit of a bummer. They probably could have kept it in Kansas City, but whatever. I looked at the total of this and I saw that that one piece had 256. I'm sure a lot of them were the same one. So maybe, maybe 400 total fans got a Patrick Mahomes NFT, maybe 400 fans when Arrowhead stadium fills up to about 80,000 people that probably would wanted one. I'd say probably, you know, maybe at least 20,000 of them would have maybe wanted one. Mm. So when we get into the ugly part of the conversation here later in the show, uh, you kind of have a hint here at some of the problems that need to be addressed. You know, and as long as we're talking about the extravagance and the whales in NFT, the most expensive NFT ever sold happened here just a short time ago when Christie's, the auction house, auctioned off Beeple, who is his artist known as Mike Winkleman. Beeple is the name he goes by. Um, He was previously selling his artwork for less than $100 each, but now an NFT that he made over 13 and a half years, of course, he didn't know what NFTs were when he started making, and he was just making a collage, a JPEG collage called Every Days, the first 5,000 days. It sold for $69 million. 
at Christie's auction, making it the most expensive NFT to ever be sold. Uh, there, there's no regular Joes that were bidding on that. Right. $69 million for this NFT. And, you know, it was, I think it was the first NFT that was sold by Christie's, right? Mm -hmm. And so here is a big auction house auctioning off this digital artwork, $69 million, basically making Beeble the third most expensive, most valuable living artist on earth today. Uh, that piece right there, it's just tremendous. $69 million for some pixels. Now he has been working on it every day for 5,000. So I think it's his Magnus Opus. There's some really interesting, weird pictures inside that. If you blow it all up and look in there, there's some craziness. You know, we say pixels, but really what's painting, but, you know, dots, right? And lines. That's paint strokes, right? Yeah, paint strokes. <laughs> all it is, it's color and uh, off a palette and put on, you know, just splush it on there, make some happy little clouds, and all of a sudden you've got art. So, you know, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. Um, some of the things I behold, I would not call art at all. Uh, but He's not the only one selling extravagant stuff. There's another artist, a young guy. He's 18 years old. He goes by the name Fuocious. And he has collaborated with an agency that made Atari-themed sneakers that are NFTs to be used in Decentraland, in the sandbox. Atari's got a metaverse coming. And this uh, studio that has his virtual sneaker brand raised 3.1 million in NFT sneaker sales in seven minutes. So, you know, apparently his style is appealing to people and these, uh, these metaverse games are eager to have these items as NFTs in their environments. Yes, and then, and then also in the same piece here, um, the NFTs, the providence of luxury. Reminds me of that uh, Saturday Night Live uh, skit, Jaguar luxury um so banksy you know him you know mm -hmm. you know banksy is uh well nobody knows him artist out there who actually hasn't done any nft stuff yet but um this past week on on open there was a digital copy of a banksy and um that they sold for three hundred and eighty two thousand dollars and uh then they burnt it they did an art burning ceremony was streamed on youtube and uh, they um, they burnt it. They basically paid a shit ton of money for this NFT and then went ahead and burnt it, right? That is kind of in the spirit of Banksy. That's something like Banksy would do, right? Where he had that one piece where he didn't want it to be sold, didn't want his art piece to be sold or whatever, but he had it in a nice frame. And then whatever the art frame, whenever they sold it, it actually had a self-destruction thing on it where it started to go through this thing where, where it was being shredded. Remember that? Yeah, it was amazing, a amazing mm -hmm. moment in art. And um, very cool. We actually have a, uh, we have a piece that we created. I believe that you created it um, on a, on a, on a cool app where we have Captain Crypto who uh, is being shredded Banksy style. Mm -hmm. It's an NFT that sold as a one of one for a pretty substantial amount before we launched the, the blockchain heroes. Yeah. I think it was for like, like, 42 million or something, right? Something like that. <laughs> not even, not even Satoshi's dude. Not even, not even Satoshi's. Not even, that's but, true. But uh, yeah, so the art world certainly is 
uh, all a flutter with NFTs. And, you know, you really see this on Nifty Gateway, which I don't have this in the show notes, but it just reminds me of how the uh, Duncan and Griffin Cock Foster uh, had their site purchased by the Winklevi twins. So it was a twinsy thing all around. And, you know, uh, when I started using it last fall, I was able to buy a piece of art for $30, right? You'd buy a pack of some artists and enjoy it for 30 bucks. You'd get something random in there and um, maybe it would have value. Maybe it wouldn't, but if you like the piece, you like the piece. Now you go on there and sometimes you'll see an artist being generous and offering a, a you know, a $1 piece to a hundred people or something, but it always is accompanied by high dollar pieces right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, a lot of these open editions start at $1,000 and just go up from there with a fewocious piece a few weeks ago, starting to have to have a regular edition of $44,000. Right. As a starting price. So, so basically what's happened is, is that some of these NFT artists, it's either, I don't know that if it's, greed beyond reason or if it's just opportunity cash grabs it's just trying to get as much as they can as quick as they can um but they're extracting a lot of value from their fans and it's crazy so christie's getting into the game of course it means sotheby's has to be in on the game too right you can't let the other auction house get away with all the monies and so there's this article here in the artnewspaper.com. I wonder what they focus on. The hard headline is Sotheby's gets in on NFT fever with a collaboration with Digital Artist Pack. P-A-K is this artist's name. What are they doing? Well, I'm not exactly sure who Pack is, if it's a he or a her, but they are partnered. The artwork is really interesting. And uh, Pack had a piece right here called Reboot Ginevra. Looks like it has not sold yet, but the art, the auction house will accept cryptocurrencies for the work. And Sotheby's is saying, hey, this is just the first step for us. Uh, how can you not only enter the digital art sphere, but create a bridge from digital art to our auction business? And uh, they are going to be introducing some well-known artists into the digital space and likewise. And so there you go. This was a pack, it's the gift. One for evolution, global auction houses. This one is for you. Sudeby says, we are intrigued. That was a, a tweet uh, discussion they had amongst themselves and they decided to work together and it looks like something is gonna be sold here soon. Yeah, it's a pack sale. I like that. He went, you know, P-A-K is the name he goes by. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a pack sale. We do but these are not sales. wax packs. No, these are not wax packs. And they're also not jacks. And how's that for a segue to this article on notthebee.com? Jack Dorsey is selling his first tweet and the bidding has hit two and a half million dollars. Yes, for a tweet. Welcome to the wacky world of NFT collecting. I think uh, the auction is over, right? And and didn't it sell for two and a half million? Well, it looks like it. That That was the price that was the highest bid at the time. And so his very first tweet, uh, tweet, which was the very first tweet on the Twitters, just setting up my Twitter, TWTTR from March 21st, 2006, exactly 15 years ago today, folks. Wow, he, he, beat, he beat me to Twitter. How did he do that? Uh, 15 years ago today, because this is, this is March 21st, 2021. That was 15 years ago. 
oh my, how the time has flown in the land of the tweets. But yeah, 2.5 million for the first for the first tweet, and that's pretty hilarious. But Elon Musk well, isn't down for that, I guess, right? No, he created a, an NFT of actual value. Um, which did you see the little NFT that was, you know, this little musical turntable thing and said, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of making this, which I think that was cool. But um, he went on Twitter to announce that he was going to sell one of his tweets as an NFT. And then one person bid uh, 1.1 million for it. And then he reneged and said, eh, it doesn't quite feel right. And I don't stop for one point. He didn't say anything. He didn't say I don't stop for 1.1 million, but yeah, I don't stop to pick up a million dollars on the ground. Yeah, it's not worth my time. One of, if not the most wealthy men in the world or people in the world at this particular point. I don't know. There's a it goes up and it goes down, but I don't know if he is today or not. But he has been at one time. But that's funny, dude. To me, it's like okay, do I re- do do you really want to give Elon Musk a million of your dollars? If you're gonna do that, maybe get yourself a Tesla or something, right? Or, like or, his girlfriend, it's actually his wife. I believe it's his wife is Grimes. She sold like several million dollars worth of NFTs. And here, here we are. Some of the richest people in the world, we're just paying them more money for these NFTs, which is, which is crazy. So this, this is a song, right, that's about NFTs. And the tweet was um, this video of this song. And he says, I'm selling this song about NFTs as an NFT. And then how much later was it? That was at 3.52 p.m. on March 15th. And on March 16th, a little later in the day, actually doesn't feel quite right selling this will pass. I I don't, why? What's, who cares? You put it out there. You got people excited about it. What's what's the big deal? Sell it to them. Somebody wanted to give you 1.1 million, sell them the damn NFT. Doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right. I don't get that. Crazy. Well, I think there was a, there might have been there might be two separate things here where there was um, a, a tweet that somebody was going to buy from that was like NF tweets thing or something. I don't remember what, what the website's called where you can buy these tweets. But and then he has this piece of art that he's actually selling the song about NFTs. Can we play this song here? Okay. NFT. Coddle. There you go. You can go tune into it. You can see it on our show notes or go to Elon Musk on uh, March 15th and see. Actually, Grimes uh, made nearly $6 million in 20 minutes by selling her digital artworks as NFTs. Pretty crazy. And uh, I guess what, you know, as a result of all of this craziness that's going on with NFTs, OpenSea saw their monthly sales grow to $86.3 million in February from $8 million in January. It, it basically did a 10x in one month because of the craze of NFTs in February, folks. Everybody wants NFTs now. So they closed a $23 million round of funding from Andreessen Horowitz. They've got participation from a number of angels and firms that include Mark Cuban, Alex Ohanian, and a bunch of other names that I do not know. And NFTs, so hot right now. And um, of course, entertainers 
are, you know, in the space and they all want a piece of the action. We saw, you know, I ranted about this, um, I think a week or so ago when Kings of Leon got into the game. And uh, I don't know that the band actually had anything to do with it, right? They just released an album and then they sold mm -hmm. NFTs on, uh, on Ethereum uh, and, and they're in on it. And what's the story here uh, from Daily Mail about Stevie Nicks? So Stevie Nicks, right? If you know who she is, most people do. Who doesn't? She is one of the Fleetwood Mac folks. That whole crazy thing that went down in the 70s. I actually started in the 60s, but then in the 70s, it was like, you know, I don't know if there's ever been a more incestual band than Fleetwood Mac. Like, <laughs> Fleetwood, like Stevie was with Lindsay and then went with Mick, and then the other one was married to that other one, and they all, I don't know, it was a crazy thing. But a TikTok star, like, by, what's that? it still didn't stop. I guess they're still doing it. I don't know. Um, so this TikTok star, whose name is... 420-dog-face-208 um, was using this song. He was doing some skateboarding stuff, used this song, Dreams, from Fleetwood Mac, and said he wanted to sell this clip as an NFT and uh, with an opening bid at half a million dollars. And uh, what's, what's crazy is that once this, this TikTok was released, it's a really cool video. Well, the sales of, of Fleetwood Mac tripled. They said as a result of this going on. And so, but what happened was Stevie Nicks said, nope, we do not want any of this. Uh, we do not want this NFT. To, we don't want this to be sold using our music. The video went viral. It had over 12 million likes. And um, TikTok said the video was, it was a resonant moment across pop culture. And uh, they wanted to start selling this thing. I think we're gonna start seeing more and more, you know, people selling their TikToks. Like, I mean, I could see like back in the big day with, with when Vine was in its heyday, there was these little six second clips that were just, some of them were just so hilarious and so clever. Like that would have been prime for NFTs, right? Take this little six second clip. It's not too big. We're not talking about huge megabytes of file space. And uh, I think we'll start seeing more TikToks, NF TikToks probably popping up more so. But Stevie said, Nick knock on this one. You ain't getting it. And uh, shut it down. Which personally, I think that's stupid. You're, you're not getting anything for your streams. Artists are complaining because, you know, getting played on Spotify or iTunes is such a small amount of money. You know, the, the artists are absolutely being gouged from these streaming services. They're not touring, so they're not doing shows. They're not getting paid to do concerts. Why in the world would you say no to, you know, what is it in this case? The starting bid was half a million dollars. Yeah, and, and the team uh, over there, Team 420 Dogface 208, actually reached out to, to the Knicks team and said, hey, we'll give you 50% of the sale. But that, she said no. That's what's silly. It's like I can see Stevie Nicks saying, nah, nah, dog, you can't be using my song on your NFT without paying me. Well, they said, hey, here's 50% of it. What do you think about now? And she was still like, nah, dog. 420 yeah. dog. And now you know why Lindsay and her didn't get along. I guess not. <laughs> she probably got enough money. She was like, I don't need your $250,000. She's like, I got a whole closet full of my hats. I, <laughs> I got, and I got, black flowy dresses. I got my leather. I got my lace. I don't need your damn I don't NFT. need your dog face. <laughs> I need your 420 dog face. Now, 
This right here, I, I find this interesting on, on futurism.com. So there's a, an architect who created a 3D house, completely rendered this 3D house, very cool artwork, sold for $500,000. Not even a real house that you can go <laughs> live in. Like $500,000 is a lot. You can get a really nice house or a really nice condo pretty much anywhere in the world. This is a 3D rendered house that's sold for $500,000, dude. Yeah, it's, rend it's called the Mars House. And it is, I guess, rendered supposed to be on the planet Mars. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's this video that's pretty lengthy video. It looks like to be about three minutes or so of all the different views and angles of this house and, and looking out. And I guess it's a glass house because you could see the views everywhere around it. But you don't even get to go live on it. It doesn't actually exist anywhere. It was sold for 288 ETH. And there you go. It's just, it's a 3D experience is all it is. 3D experience on Mars. So with all this hype, you've got to wonder, is, is this all overrated? Is it going to come crashing down? Are we going to hit a bottom, you know, in the NFT space? Well, it looks like it's actually going to be happening because Charmin is now joining in on the crypto craze you know we, we just thought toilet paper was hot when people you know were afraid because they were going to lockdown oh my gosh there's a virus it's gonna kill us all get some toilet paper hurry yeah. <laughs> and now the world's gone so crazy they're like all right we don't need real toilet paper give me a non-fungible toilet paper just give me a digital image of some toilet paper that i can't even wipe my real ass with but maybe my digital ass i can wipe with it Charmin tweeted this, introducing NFTP by Charmin. Sometimes a better bathroom experience goes beyond the seat. <laughs> That's why we're, they, they have a typo in here. Instead of we are a contraction, it's were. That's why we're rolling out the first ever NFT art by a toilet paper brand. Bid on the digital art using the link below. All proceeds going to at direct relief. So now I got to click here on this tweet and see what kind of bids they have on this NFTP uh, because I'm, I'm super curious of what it's, it's being sold on Rarible. So I should be able to click mm -hmm. through on rarible.com forward slash Charmin. It goes right through to it. And uh, fortunately it's a two ply link so that it's strong enough to handle your, your clicks. Uh, and right now, it looks like the highest bid for the auction, uh, which is the one of one, is 58 Rary. How much is that? What's 58 Rary? That's their token for Rarible. Mm -hmm. uh, while, you, while you're looking that up, the number two is currently going for 0.435 wrapped ether. Did you say number two? I did say number two. So one Rary is worth $27. And so if we're talking about this right here, we're going $27 times what, 58 of them? So less than an ETH. So I would say that this NFT, it, it, you know, this launch was kind of shitty. Mm -hmm. Didn't really do what it was wanting to. It doesn't look like it. I mean, you're looking at all of them here, and one of them's like 0 0.6 ETH, 0 0.125 ETH, 1 ETH, 0.3 ETH, 0.435 ETH, and basically less than an ETH. Yeah. Well, we tried, I Charmin. Didn't quite hit the spot. Yeah, I can't say I'm, you know, unhappy to see this because 
there is a lot of crap being produced in the NFT space. And if ever there was something that looked like a money grab, this is it. Charmin toilet paper creating NFTs that are somehow collectible. I, and I, how would they do, they, they missed the mark. They, each one of them is a one of one. They all should have been a one of two. Should have been two of each one because how can you have, <laughs> you need two. To, you're going to number two and there should have been two because a number one is not number two. So I don't know, I think they missed the mark on that one. Keep wiping, try again. And uh, good luck to that. Yeah, big money snag, it looks like to me. Now, speaking of, you know, uh, number two, <laughs> here on the New York Post, uh, here's another NFT, which I guess would have been an NFART because this guy sold his fart for $85 cashing in on <laughs> all kinds of different farts. And it seems to me like this, Sir Lord Joel Com, being a purveyor of fine gases and being the one who created the iFart app on iPhone, oh, what, about 12 years ago? Mm -hmm. It seems like he's coming into your space with a little poo air. Yeah, uh, he's. I think it's making a little bit of a stink here. And uh, myself and my partners are not happy about it. In fact, we've been talking about this. I went to my partners with the iFart app a few months ago. I said, dudes, we should make these into collectibles. And so this guy beat us to the punch. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to take the world-renowned brand of iFart and create mm -hmm. iFart NFTs. No, because what's great is you got iFart and then you should have N-F-A-R-T. Well, farts. I, no, I would call them NFFs, non-fungible farts. Okay, all right. Right, because it doesn't have to be a token. It just it, the all the most important part is that it's non-fungible. <laughs> right, because not every it's true. Farts are like snowflakes. Not every one. There's not any fart that's identical to the other. When there's more pressure, there's a little more bubbliness to it. it depends I mean, on what you ate, mixed with whatever you had in your belly, creating that. You know, yeah, each fart's different. This guy, it's called One Calendar Year of Recorded Farts. Uh, he began incubating it in March of last year at the beginning of the corona lockdown. And um, him and his friends began sharing recordings of their farts to a WhatsApp group chat. And so, I mean, you know, look, you're locked down. You got nothing to do. You can't go to work. You know, you're eating more and more, right? Because we're all locked down. We're all getting fat um, in lockdown. I put on way too much weight. And uh, what are you going to do? You, you got gas. Let it rip. It is funny. It's like there's a news article on the New York Post. So far, they've made $85 selling <laughs> NFT farts. Like, that's, and that's worth an article on the New York Post? That's, are you serious? That's news. Well, th this is all a picture of the NFT craze. And I feel like, you know, speaking of uh, letting loose, I, I cannot hold back any longer with my rants, Sir Lord Travis Wright. Okay, now's the time, it's bubbled up. I, I feel like I must have an expulsion of thoughts and words and feelings right now. Otherwise, right. Uh, it could mean the end of the world for everybody. It could be. Well, I'm gonna yeah. pass the mic over. So there are some major problems with what's happening in the NFT world. And in any time money is involved, you're going to see opportunists, which is why so many artists and athletes and, and all purveyors of all kinds of content are looking at ways to make a buck in the NFT space. And it's really aggravating, especially when you see somebody like Kings of Leon, 
you know, that have millions of fans around the world release an NFT on Ethereum that costs $50 for the collectible album, fair enough, but $75 in gas fees because you're using a blockchain that was never intended or made or scaled to create NFTs. I call it Inferium for a reason, because it is inferior. There are better solutions and we're using those better solutions. You know, Ethereum is such a great blockchain that side chains have to be invented in order for it to work properly. Think about that. But here's the deal, Trav, is that it's, it's the earliest. It's been around the longest. And when something has found a foothold uh, in the marketplace and had so many developers create on it, it's hard to get away from it. And most of these brands and artists don't know that there are alternatives and they're seeing these huge sales and going, wow, how do, how do we get a piece of that? And so you've got the difference between a Gronk and a, uh, a Mahomes. It, you know, if you look at the NFTs side by side, it's no contest. No contest at all. Gronk stuff is, is basic stuff. There's nothing there that you could not knock out, right? Just you and your son in, in you know, a couple hours. Nothing, mm-hmm. right? Would you agree? Very, very basic, very basic stuff. Well, I would say this, you know, it's like, I'm looking at both of these different things. And the Mahomes deal, um, you know, a, a nice percentage of that went to charity. I would assume a big percentage of that went to Impossible Brief, who helped create the NFTs that were very good. The Gronk one, it didn't say anything about charity on there. And I look at this and I see that, you know, Gronk has earned more than $62 million in the NFL on his own. And he's, he's got a bunch of, of, of endorsements as well. Let's say his endorsements, but he, let's say he's made $80 million so far in the NFL. Why do I want to support him in something that's a cash grab where he makes a couple of million dollars on and it's not going to charity. Like he, he could have used his power there to say, Hey, look, I got my Gronk cares thing and I'm going to take this and I'm going to do some stuff with it buy my digital collectibles. It's, it's, you know, utilizing digital collectibles in that way would be a very cool way because a lot of times, you know, when people do these, these big fundraisers, people don't get anything in return from their charity work, except for feeling good that you did something good. Right. This right here is, Hey, donate to my charity and we're going to give you some nfts that would be a cool thing and that's kind of what mahomes did um but gronk did it he just did a straight up cash grab made a couple million dollars why do i want to give gronk more money why do i want to give grimes and elon musk more money because they have enough right well and then as you were talking about with kings of leon they dropped the ball so hard they made so many fans upset along the way And I think of this, and we've had conversations on this, and we referenced it earlier. So maybe Mahomes, maybe he sold to 400 different people, right? Well, he has 80,000 people that would come to the stadium to cheer on him. And he's got, you know, on his social media, millions of fans. Like, wouldn't you rather try to make a million fans happy for a few dollars each, more so than make 400 fans rich fans only happy absolutely pulling money from them it doesn't make sense to me because you because if you look at the sale with Mahomes, he sold almost 300 of the ones that was two thousand five hundred dollars that was the cheapest one i would almost bet money that if he had had one for five hundred dollars that thing would have sold way more than any of the other ones and they would have made way more money off of that five hundred dollar one collectively than trying to do a ten thousand and a fifteen and a two hundred thousand dollar one 
Absolutely. And, and you got to think about it. People, you know, fans are excited about it and they go and look at it and they're like, well, uh, hon, I really want this NFT, but it means we're not going to feed the kids this month. So what do you think? Should we go ahead and get it? Tell them to go fend for themselves? No, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. This is a big problem. And, and again, the Mahomes NFTs are beautiful. They could have solved this by just creating one more version or two more versions exactly. that you know, weren't quite as fancy, that were something collectible, that was affordable to absolutely anybody who wanted one of them, but they didn't. They made it elite. And this is one of the reasons that the, the industry, I think there's trouble in the industry when these prices are so ridiculously high and you're alienating people that are like, well, I guess NFTs aren't for us. No, this is another reason we love wax and are building our stuff on wax. It doesn't mean we'll never do anything on Ethereum or Engine or these other chains that have NFTs, Phantasma, um, Ecomi. We want to be, be in front of people wherever we can be, but we want to make sure that we're always creating value for people that makes it accessible to anybody that wants to enter the space. And uh, I have, I want to talk about Ethereum, but if you have anything else to say about this particular issue, go for it. Well, I want to just, you know, bring to, uh, to um, the surface this article on 1.37 p.m. that you put out there this week on Gary Vee's blog called The Future of NFTs Doesn't Include Gas Fees. Now, aside from this really beautiful piece of artwork that's at the top of this thing that I may or may not have created, I just want to talk about how it's so true that, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this way. Like with these multimillionaires out there, you know, creating NFTs for other multimillionaires or really wealthy people who got into crypto as, uh, as uh, Jimmy Song calls it, the cantillionaires of, uh, of Ethereum, those are the only ones who can afford that. And so... What Joel and I, what we like to do on our, when the NFTs that we've created over this last almost year and a half is, you know, we want to deliver delight. We want to make our fans happy because these things can deliver a whole lot of joy. And if you're so exclusive where you can only sell to 400 people because the other people who want in can't afford it, then basically you're just, that's just only people with privilege can participate. It's and I think that goes exactly against what a lot of these people are preaching with their social justice messages. They're talking about being more, you know, inclusive and doing all this. And then they go and drop a series that's completely exclusive that just prices out pretty much 99.9% .9 of the fans. That's not good. And you wrote about this in Gary Vee's blog. And I'm going to actually put the link in here because I don't think that we had it in here originally. Great piece. And it's just something that you guys can show other people about NFTs who maybe don't understand them, who think that you can only do them on ETH. You're hearing a lot of people talking about, oh my God, you know, NFTs are so bad. They're so bad for the environment. And then they're, they're a pyramid scheme. There people talking out their ass who don't understand what's going on on this. And the, and the thing is, is that they need to be focused on delivering delight and looking into solutions that maybe don't have these absorbent gas fees like wax. And I think that's the reason why wax has increased in volume and increased in daily sales and volume overall. And the price of the wax token has 5X'd this last month is because people are seeing brands like Atari on there, seeing brands like Street Fighter, seeing a lot of independent musicians and artists and just collection sets being dropped on wax. You know, if you look at the top sellers on wax, they aren't big brands. They are independent 
projects that have built great communities. And why? Because you can mint a thousand NFTs for a dollar. And if you try to mint a thousand NFTs on Ethereum, you're probably talking at least $50,000. So you can't do that. You can't give people delight with free NFTs on Ethereum. There's better solutions out there. Yeah, you, those of you who are artists, or if you have friends who are artists and trying to play stuff on, on uh, you know, super rare or rareable or mintable or any of the marketplaces, that's all well and good, right? Especially if you can sell for high dollar. But if you want to be able to get in and, and you know, mint NFTs and reach regular people, you know, where they are, then Wax is superior in every respect. Now, you know, full disclosure, both Travis and I are on the Wax Advisory Council, but that happened after we came to Wax and did our first successful launches on it. We had two very successful launches of our own under our belt before Wax invited us onto the Advisory Council. So we knew we were home using Wax as our primary chain. Um, and we're helping to bring artists over to Wax. You know, we've, uh, Vezza's now producing on Wax. Um, M Blue is producing on Wax. Pumayan is producing on Wax. And there's more and more artists that are coming over. But I got to tell you, uh, there's a, a gentleman that I've been speaking to in the computer gaming and console gaming industry that wants to create NFTs for a known and established brand. And uh, I'm not going to reveal who he is publicly, but he, uh, he floated um, the idea that we had about creating NFTs for this brand around their community. And, and he said, I was met with trepidation at best. And then he spoke to a few others in gaming that he knew and read some posts. And one of the posts was on gamesindustry.biz, which is allegedly a leading industry publication. And they say basically that they refuse to cover the space completely. You're mm. supposed to be a leading industry publication on gaming and you're not covering NFTs? Holy cow, fire those editors fire those publishers, fire those writers, because they have their heads so far up their ass and in the past that, that they can see it's coming out the neck again. They can see the sun shining. That's how right. backwards that is. And you're supposed to be talking about what's happening in the future of gaming and you don't get NFTs and aren't even going to talk about it. Good mm -hmm. grief that these are the same people that would have said, you know, that we don't need that motorized vehicle the horse and buggy does just fine and the world will never need more than two computers. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the problem on this. If you just go in on Google or go into DuckDuckGo and type in NFTs are bad, here are the headlines. MSNBC, Bitcoins, NFTs, and other crypto fads are destroying our planet. Next headline from Mashable. Ignorance. Think cryptocurrency is bad? NFTs are even worse. Ignorance. CNET. NFTs don't make sense but that doesn't stop them. NFTs Ignorance. are setting the world, creative world of They are also destroying our planet. Ignorance. NFTs are a dangerous trap by Seth Godin, right? These people do not understand that there are other ecosystems aside from Ethereum. Ethereum is very bad for NFTs. Ethereum is not built for NFTs. It, Ethereum, Ethereum was built for smart contracts and DeFi is taking over. So these gas fees are just astronomical. NF, uh, NFTs on Ethereum are so bad that CryptoKitties and Dapper Labs who built CryptoKitties said, gas fees are killing our business. 
let's go ahead and create our new ecosystem and blockchain called Flow, which uses much less energy, much less power, and let's power our own blockchain and, and do NFTs that way. The, 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 the blockchains that are built specifically for NFTs take up just a micro amount of the energy that Ethereum and some of these other cryptos that mine do. That's why I think NFTs on Ethereum are stupid and NFTs on Ethereum are an overpriced joke and there's a bubble that's gonna pop because you need to, to create all of these different assets and then have all these different micro transactions. You cannot have that optimized on an Ethereum. You need to have a blockchain that's built specifically for digital assets and digital collectibles like NFTs, like Wax is, like Flow is, like Engine is, like Phantasma Chain is, and some of these other ones that are out there. Ethereum is not for NFTs. And that's what all of these illiterate people who are trying to spew their wisdom and have no freaking idea what the hell's going on are talking about why NFTs are so bad because they have no freaking clue because they think it's only Ethereum that does NFTs. They're idiots. They're, they're uninformed, illiterate. educated idiots who have no fucking clue what the hell's going on with NFTs. <laughs> wow, you took that to the next level, didn't you? <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. Look well, at it. And, and, and what say... happens is, is you start getting these, these NPCs talking about NFTs, and they're just puppeting and parroting whatever these people are saying about how bad it is. Oh, it's so bad. It uses so much energy. Oh, it's so horrible for our planet. Oh, it's so horrible for the artist. And they just parrot the same things, and then it just gets in their head that they're bad, and they, and they don't even take new information into consideration i wouldn't say they're illiterate i would say they're ignorant right yeah, well, that's yeah i call them illiterate ignorant yeah uh, they just they just don't know they just don't know they're talking about stuff that they don't know anything mm -hmm. about they're, they know what they're told they know what they read in the headlines and the headlines are written by people who don't know what they're talking about either and these mm -hmm. are the same people that for years doomsayed bitcoin you know it's dead by the way it's a fifty-seven thousand dollars, but it's dead it's for dead. the yeah, dead, yeah. time or whatever nfts aren't going but, away there will yeah. be a bubble in this and i think especially if it's going to happen anywhere it's going to happen in the art world um, I think that we are just at the beginning of the early adoption phase and they're not going away. You're going to you're going to see so many different bands and, and athletes um, and creators come up, uh, uh, you know, brands with these, the, their own collectibles that will appeal specifically to their audience, to their fans and their fans are going to eat them up. Uh, but people are going to start being discerning about quality, but don't expect them to be too discerning because look, here we are in 2021, people still eat McDonald's. They still eat Burger King. They still go to Taco Bell. They still go to Wendy's. They still go to KFC. They still buy shitty food and pay billions of dollars a year to do it. Why? Because it's ingrained in the culture now. So people will buy shitty NFTs. We are going to make it our aim to produce quality and to bring value that's always been our proposition it will continue to be our proposition we want to elevate this industry and i say shame on those that are opportunists that are just out there for the money grab that don't care about their audience that don't serve their customer that toss them by the wayside i hope those customers do not forget 
how you treated them when you offered an NFT for sale and they couldn't get it at a, a reasonable price because you were too busy money grabbing to get money from the whales. I hope they do not forget. I hope they hold that against you in the future. And I would like to see them, that the agencies that ran the Kings of Leon launch, the people that put out the Gronk crap NFTs, the people that the agency behind Mahomes, uh, NFTs to come out and say, you know what, we missed the mark here. We're going to issue something that the real fans can enjoy. And it's not going to be all about the money. It's going to be about providing value and saying, thank you for supporting us. Mm -hmm. Providing value, providing delight. And, you know, I've said this before is I think the era of uh, brands extracting value from their customers is ending. I think NFTs and, you know, even more so when we talk about later on security tokens, that is democratizing uh, capitalism in a whole new way. Because, you know, I think we're going to start seeing an era of shared value, right? So if you released, a lot of times, you know, you know, one of the things that we do with Blockchain Heroes and some of the releases that we do is we give away a lot of NFTs for free. We've given away thousands of free NFTs. You just can't do that on Ethereum. You just can't do that on some of these other chains, but we've done it. Why? Because it delights our fans. And then guess what? We've given them something of value that they sometimes will then resell and earn some value from. We're doing this shared value sort of capitalism model with NFTs. Nobody's really doing that. And I think that as more artists and more musicians start honing in and they can see how they can delight their audience in a way that doesn't cost a whole lot. Uh, you know, as again, you can mint a thousand NFTs for a dollar and the amount of, you know, energy usage is very small. Some of these people are talking about, oh, they're using so much CO2. It's so bad for our environment and wah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Oh, NFTs are not a boon for struggling artists. They're, they're a plague facilitating art, facilitating art theft. People are getting their art stolen and the NFTs by, by copying their tweets. And it's so bad, so soulless, free for all. Like there's so many whiners with blog, with blog posts today that are, that are quote unquote journalists who don't actually do any journalism. They just puppet and parrot what they hear. It's, and it makes things worse because uh, they, they, they talk out their ass. They act like they're informed. Then they end up in, infecting people's brain with their wah, wah, blah, blah. And then those people don't even go out and seek the actual truth. I feel so, like we should document, we should screen cap these horrible headlines and articles with the author's name and sell them as NFTs. We should do that, like <laughs> call them you know, shitty journalists series. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, we, I know we have some other stories to, that are in this, but I say we just leave them in the show notes for you guys to go check out because I, I just feel like after these rants, um, to go back to just talking about other news and what's happening would be counterproductive. I kind of want us mm -hmm. to leave it right here on this moment. Are you okay with well, that? Well, and I, I would say this, that let me just kind of go through the headlines. You guys are going to want to check it out at badco.in forward slash 497. Here's a great article by Yatsu of uh, Animoca. Well, I actually interviewed um, Yatsu of Animoca talking about NFTs and, and blockchain gaming. That's a great piece. Uh, also, we cover uh, NFT dApps, which are driving $10 million each in daily volume. There's four of them. You're going to want to figure that out. Uh, there's some NFT news around Tony Hawk uh, doing some NFTs. 
And um, you found this one uh, called Chubbies. You want to talk a little about Chubbies, what it is real quick? Yeah, I, just, I spotted Chubbies last night on Twitter, and it's very much like crypto punks in that they're program, programmatically procedurally generated GIFs. Um, and they're ERC-721 tokens, so you got to pay the gas fees. There's only 10,000 of them. They're almost sold out as of now, and you don't know what you got until they reveal them all. It's just, uh, it's kind of another copycat, uh, but, you know, some of these things that you, if you're, like, staying on the front lines of these and you get something cheap, you might end up having something that is, you know, um, that is valuable. And this is one reason we, you know, we wanted to do the special NFT show for bad crypto because there's a lot of people in crypto and blockchain that still have misunderstandings and misconceptions of what NFTs are. And we do a show every Friday live on uh, YouTube and Theta and Facebook and Twitter called The Nifty Show. And if you go to nif thenifty-show.com, you could find links to where we do that, or you can listen to the podcast version. We cover this NFT stuff and what's happening every week, including bringing you the latest creators, artists, brands, digital collectibles, pioneers, entrepreneurs. Uh, last week, we had the, the first um, NFT, uh, first live musical performance on our show and offered an NFT of the studio version of the song. It was really great. And so people who are following along with that show are getting all of the latest information from the NFT world. Mm -hmm. So I, <laughs> I bought a chubby and it, it, it gives me a question mark and it's kind of flowing through because I guess they haven't been all minted yet, have they? Yeah, they haven't been revealed yet. Once they're all done, then your, per your personal chubby will be revealed for for the world to see. There you go, folks. And um, again, the show notes for this episode, badco.in forward slash 497. We had a piece of information in there about NFTs and taxes near the bottom. You want to check that out. Also, hackers are already stealing NFTs. How to keep your NFTs more secure. Those are things that you're going to want to know about. So I think probably a good idea to go through this particular episode read through the articles look into them gain yourself a little bit more information and knowledge about nfts and again as joel mentioned if you haven't heard our show the nifty show you can again tune that in on, on youtubes and then we also have a podcast both of which bad crypto and the nifty show are top 100 on apple itunes uh, podcast so uh, well not every day sometimes they drop a little bit it's like crypto sometimes they go up sometimes they go down but as of right now, they are both in the top 100. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We are always your Sherpa, your Sherpai, your Sherpas. We're, we're, we're going to help lead we're the way. We're Sherpish. We're Sherpish. Feeling a little Sherpish right now. And uh, if we could lead you in any way of the NFT Sherpas, it would be to encourage you to stay back. <laughs>